Today's Yerushalmi Sanhedrin is dedicated to the memory of Gershon ben Yisrael Fish, Oliver Shalom, and Fori Rafu Shalema for Yosef Yisrael ben Zelda, Betoch, Shar, Chole Yisrael. We are beginning on the Fyud Beis, Amid Beis, in the Ozvahar edition, four lines from the bottom of the Amid, with the last word on the line, Rishlokish. In the Vilner edition, it is on Daf Tess, Amid Beis. In the last year, we ended off with the words, In Tamer, If you're going to say that a coin Gadol, who did an Avera, and he deserves to have Malchus, that is not done in a Besden of three. The next stage after three is a Besden of 23. So it comes out that Aliyasi, the fact that he is a great person, he's a coin Gadol, that serves in detriment that he is embarrassed in front of 23 people instead of three people. And therefore, we only give him Malchus in front of three people. The same logic we will see applies to a Nasi as well. Begins the Gemara. Rishlokish Rishlokish said, Nasi Shechata, a Nasi who did an Avera, we give him Malchus and a Bezin of three. And apparently it's the same reason because if you're going to give him Malchus and a Bezin of 23, the fact that he is greater is to his detriment because he's going to be embarrassed in front of 23 people. Now the Gemara asks the question, this is Rishalakish's question, Ma Machzirunle? Does he come back to his position of being a Nasi after he receives the Malchus in front of a Bezin of three? Amar um, Chagai, so Rab Chagai responded, Moshe, which the Korbanator says that this is a Lashon of a Shua. He says, I swear, Ein Machzirunle, we do not take him back. Why? The Kotalon, because if we're going to give him back the power <coughs> of being a Nazi, then he, there's a danger that he will come to kill us. As we turn to the Yud Gimel Amid Aleph, the Gemara now will tell us a fascinating story concerning Rish Lakish and the Nazi. Shama Rav Yudin Nesiyah, Rav Yudin, who was the Nazi, heard about the question of Rish Lakish, because, and he got angry at Rish Lakish. The Meforshim all wonder, why did he get angry at Rishlokish? He should have gotten angry at Chagai. Chagai was the one who said that we removed the Nasi from his Nasiyas. And there are various Pshatim in the Rishonim. One Pshat is that the fact that he presented it to Chagai to begin with, the idea that a Nasi's power should be revoked, just that fact alone would cause him to get angry. Another Pshat is that he did it publicly. And finally, he re- others learned because he repeated the Psak of Chagai. For all of these reasons, the Nasi got angry at Rishlokish. And he sent Sholach Gensun, he sent officers, Lemitvis Rishlokish, to grab Rishlokish. And apparently he was going to harm Rishlokish for, for his audacious attempt to remove the power from Rabbi Yudin Tarfan, so Rishlokish slapped them, Oruk, and he ran away, Ledom Megulda, to a, to a city that was called 
Migdal, or an Aramaic Migdala, and we will see that that city had a Migdala tower in it, and Rishlokish ran away into that tower. The Istimarin, and some say, Lahadah Kfar which was also close to Migdal. There was another town. There's a question where he ran to which city. Both were in cl- close proximity of each other. Lamachar, the next day, Solak Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan went up to the base of Medrash. With Solak Rabbi Yudinasi, and Rabbi Yudinasi also went up to the base Vada. Omar Lay, so the Nasi said to Rabbi Yochanan, Lama less more Omerlon Miladaraisa. You always give a shear at this time. You're not giving a shear today. Why aren't you saying, Tyra, why don't you give a shear today? Shari tapach yada. So with one hand, Rabbi Yochanan made a motion as if he's clapping. He only used one hand. Omar Leyden Nasi said to him, With one hand, you're able to clap? Omar Loy, he said, no, you can't clap with one hand. You can only clap with two hands. Veloy ben lakish loy. And if there is no Ben Lakish, if Rishlokish is not here, I cannot give a shear. And we perhaps will remind ourselves of a Gomorrah in Bavli, in Bava Metziah, that paid Dalit Amid Aleph, famous story there, where Rabbi Yochanan was learning with Rishlokish, and Rishlokish said something that Rabbi Yochanan felt was deservant of Rishlokish dying. Rishlokish was the brother-in-law of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan had the power of ki- uh, killing someone, he had the power, as we see in Gomorrah and Bavakama, which says that Rabbi Yochan was able to be Machayim Mesim. But in this case, even though it affected his sister and she would not have a husband, he felt that Rishlokish has to get punished. And we're going to see that even though he was the Chavrus of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yochanan missed him terribly, Rabbi Yochanan did not evoke his power of Tchiyas HaMesim on Rish Lakish, even though, as we're going to see, it affected him in a terrible way. So the Gemara says that he was missing Rish Lakish. was very upset, Tuva, very much, on Rabbanan, so the Rabbanan saw how it bothered Rabbi Yochan that Rish Lakish was not here. So the Rabbanan said, Man who are we going to send to calm Rabbi Yochanan down? Nezil Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. Let's send Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. He's a big Talmud Chacham, and his Torah is very sharp, and he's able to respond right away, and he will be a good Chavrusa for Rabbi Yochanan. Azul Yosef Kamei. So Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas went and sat in front of Rabbi Yochanan, and Kol Milsa the Havama and everything that Rabbi Yochanan said, Rabbi Yochanan Amalei Tanya de Misailach. I have a brisa that supports what you are saying. Amar Atkibar Lakisha. You think that you're like Rishlakish? You're a good chavrusa for me. Bar Lakisha. When I was learning with Rishlakish, Kihavi Amina Milsa. When I said a halacha. He would ask me 24 questions. And 
and I gave him 24 answers. And there was a great preponderance of Torah because of the exchange between Rish Lakish's questions and the answers of Rabbi Yochanan. But Va'at Amrad, you on the other hand, say, Tanya the Messiah, I'll bring you a proof that you're right. Don't I know the Shaper come in? I know that I'm saying good. So what do I need your proofs for? I missed the Rav Hoshmaitza, the exchange between Rishlokish and myself. He began to rip his clothes, and he was crying. And he shouted out, Where are you, Rishlokish? Yes, I have the power of Tchisamesim. Yes, I could bring you back alive, but I feel that as a Kapora, you should remain dead. And he was screaming so much at the Shoftaite until he went insane. And the Rabbonin, when they saw that he became insane, they asked mercy, they davened for him, and they davened that he should die. And Rabbi Chaim Shmulevich and Sal asked, why did they daven that he should die? They should have davened that he should have a refu shalema, and he shouldn't be so sick over the loss of Rishlokish. The answer says Rabbi Chaim Shmulevich, if he would get healthy and cured again, he would go back into his depression, back into his crying, back to screaming out, where are you Rishlokish, where are you Rishlokish? The only answer to this problem the Rabbanah felt was that they should pray that he should die and that his suffering and his misery should end. Rukhain Shmulevich says a famous thought that even though we find in the Gemara in Brachas and Daf Hayamid Beis that Rishlokish lost all ten of his children and he would go around to be Menachem people and he would show them either a tooth or a small bone, and he would say, this is the bone of my youngest child. I lost ten children. And through that, he was Menachem Avelim. Says Rebchaim Shulevich, here we see that he couldn't get Nechama for the Rav Choshmaitzah, says Rebchaim, that even though he could, his mind and his heart could absorb the pain of losing ten children, but Torah was so chashiv to Rabbi Yochanan that he couldn't bear to lose the Rav Chashmites or Rishlokish. And I think that this Gemara enhances our Gemara. When Rishlokish was absent, Rabbi Yochanan clapped with one hand, indicating, I can't go on in Torah in Rav Chashmites without Rishlokish, and therefore I can't say a shir. The Gemara in Bava Metzi and the Bavli enhances our Gemara here in Yerushalmi. Let us continue with what happened in this story. Amar so the Nasi said to Rabbi Yochanan, Elo It seems that Rishlokish is the key to your learning. Where is that key? Where is Rishlokish? Amar So he said, Bahado Migdala. He's in that tower in the city of Migdala or in the city of Kvar Chitzya. Amalei, so the Nasi said to Rabbi Yechelen, Lamacha tomorrow, Anovaat, you and I, Nepek Lekadme, we're going to go out to him and we will free him from the tower. Sholach Rabbi Yechelen gave Rishlokish, or Rabbi Yechelen sent a message to Rishlokish, Atir Lachmila, the Arisa, prepare 
a fort, a dvar Torah, because the Nasi, nothing we got him off, the Nasi with his whole entourage is going to come to you and he may speak to you in learning, prepare a good vort, a good Torah thought to exchange with the Nasi. Nafik Lakadmon. So the next day, Reshlokish went out to greet the Nasi. Umar, and he said to the Nasi, Digma Ditchoin Demaya. What you have done today to come personally to release me from the tower, you in this way you are like a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Why? When Hashem came to free Yisrael from Mitzrayim, He didn't, as we say in that God on Pesach, He didn't send a shliach, a messenger, or an angel to kill the Mitzrayim and to save Kal Yisrael, Elohu ba'atzmoi. He by himself came, dechsev, v'avarti be'eretz Mitzrayim. I went through Eretz Mitzrayim, v'hikesi kol b'chor, the pastor continues, be'eretz Mitzrayim, and then the pastor concludes, es eshvatim ani Hashem. It was me Hashem by myself without anyone else. So too, you are coming to release me from the Migdal. And also, in another way, you're like Hashem, because he came with his whole entourage, just like you are coming with your entire entourage. How does that fit in that Hashem did it by himself? So we have to say, although Hashem came with his entourage, but he didn't send out a shliach to save Claudius from Mitzrayim, he himself did it, his entourage was in, in the background, but the actual doing in Mitzrayim, that was only done by Hashem. So Rishlokish was complimenting the Nasi that he followed in Hashem's derech, that he himself came to release Rishlokish from the Migdal, and he brought with him his whole entourage. Omar Lay, so the Nasi said to Rishlokish, Umach Hamas, Meimer Hamasa, what did you see fit to say such a thing that the Nasi, once he got Malchus, he should be removed from his position because if he stays in this position, he may kill the Dayonim who said that he has to get Malchus. So he said, Omar Loin, Matan Sovereign. So Rishlokish said back to the Nasi, What do you think? Yes, we have fear from you, but because we have fear from you and your power, are we going to hold back from a lesson from the Torah? Because Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yitzchak said, he brought the Pasuk in Shmuel Aleph, in Perik Chav, Pasuk Chav Dalid, when Eli's two sons did certain averis, and Eli ended off the pasuk by saying, "Mavirim am Hashem," the beginning of the pasuk we find here in the Gemara. The Amar of Shmuel Bar Yitzchak Albani Kilaytoiva Shmuel. Don't continue doing with your averis because I don't hear good things about you. And I also hear Mavirim Amashem that Hashem's people want to remove you from power. 
So here we see a clear indication that if someone in a place of power, such as the Nasi, if he does something wrong, so we remove him from power. Since we have been discussing various halachas concerning a Kohen Gadol, the Gemara now discusses the Indian of Kriya, of tearing one's garment when one hears that a relative has passed away. The Pasuk says, that the Kohen Gadol cannot tear his clothing he cannot make Kriya over the loss of a relative. However, even though he cannot tear his clothing from the top, he can do it Lamata. And we have a machlokes between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yochanan. What does Lamata mean? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Lazar b'shem Kana, Rabbi Lazar in the name of Kana says, Lamailon, when we say he cannot tear his clothes asunder, that this is, for example, in a pullover sweater, there is a seam on top of the sweater, and for a parent, the person would tear from that seam. But what about another relative, a sister, a brother, a child, what is the halacha there? Now, the rule is that whatever is considered a proper kriya would be prohibited for the coin to do. But if in the area below the seam on top of a pullover sweater, if that area is not considered a kriya, then a Kohen Gadol would be able to be Korea there. If, however, it is considered a Korea, then he would have to go down to the bottom of his garment. So now let us see the Machlogis between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yechelen. Says Rabbi Lazar, B'Shem Kahana, Lamalon, when we say that a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to tear Korea, that is from... That is from above, from the seam that is around the neck of a pullover sweater. If it's a jacket or a shirt, then the person cuts in from the side border and goes down. But here we're speaking about there's no side border, there's only a border on top. So... That is a good kriya, lamala mikonasafa, and therefore a kohen gadol is not allowed to tear from there. However, lamatan, when he's allowed to tear at the bottom, it means lamata mikonasafa. It's under the seam. Because over there, for a relative, it's not considered a good kriya. The relative, for a relative, not only a father and mother, you have to do it above from the seam around the neck. And therefore, since below that is not considered a good kriya, therefore the Kohen Gadol is allowed to be kriya there, because he's not doing, he's not being oivron, but God of Leifron. That's the sheet of Rabbi Lazar. However, Rabbi Yoichen and Omar, Lamatan Mamish, know that for a relative, he doesn't have to go from the upper seam, 
he makes a hole in the sweater and he tears it downwards. And for that, he is Yotze the Kriya. If he's Yotze the Kriya, then the Kohen Gadol cannot do it there. And therefore, when it says it's mutter for a Kohen Gadol to do it lamata, it means lamata mamish at the bottom of his, he wants to do something for the mace, let him do something that is not a Kriya. Where is that? All the way at the bottom of his baguette, he will tear it upwards, and that will uh, give expression to his honor for the deceased, but at the same time, he will not be over on the losasa of God of Loyifran. The Gemara now relates a story in connection with this machlok. Rabbi Yochanan Solik, Rabbi Yochanan was traveling from Tveria, and he was visiting Rabbi Hanina in Sapori. Rabbi Hanina was very ill, and Rabbi Yochanan went to visit him. Gavitzdarta Shama Dedamach. As he was going along the way, he heard that Rab Hanina had passed away, that he was Nifter. Omar, he had with him a messenger, and he said, Shalach, go, bring me my beautiful, nice clothing of Shabbos. When he was brought that clothing, Ubaze, he tore Kriya there, and he was Lishitosai, that Rabbi Yochanan holds that for a relative, or in this case, for a Talmud Chacham, that is a place where you are Yotze Kriya, and that's why he tore his Shabbos Begadim in that area. He didn't want to ruin his Shabbos Begadim completely, so he didn't do it from the top, he only did it from the area under the top, and that is considered a bona fide Kriya. And that's why the Kohen Gadol cannot do that. Lamata, Rabbi Yechelen Shittasi, Lamata means Lamata Mamish, he can only do Kriya from the bottom and go upwards. Let us offer a brief Hagdama to the next Gemara. The Gemara will discuss two disagreements between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir that we find through Shas. In the Indian of Kriya for a relative. Everyone is moted that for a father or mother, bar me none, that one has to tear Kriya from the upper seam, as we said, of a pullover sweater, for example. So Reb Meir is of the opinion that by the death of other relatives, one does not need to tear the border. On this, Reb Yehuda disagrees. Reb Yehuda is of the opinion that any Kriya that does not tear through the border, even for other relatives, a sister, a brother, a son, a daughter, is never valid. And thus, every mourner must tear the border. So that's one machlokes between Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda. Whether by other relatives, the border has to be torn. There's another machlokes that Reb Meir holds that when the Torah said that a Kohen Gadol cannot tear his clothing over the deceased, it means 
that he's only forbidden from doing Kriya the way a regular oval, a regular mourner, tears his clothing. Rabbi Yehuda maintains no. A Kohen Gadol, its usher is forbidden from making Kriya totally. And now, based on this Hagdama, let us see the next piece of Gemara. Rabbi Yochan and Polagal Rabbi Yudin Betarti. What Rabbi Yehuda holds, Rabbi Yochanan, the way Rabbi Yochanan interpreted our Mishnah, he said before that Lamailo is Lamailo Mamish and Lamato is also Lamato Mamish. The way Rabbi Yochanan explained our Mishnah, our Mishnah is arguing against Rabbi Yehuda in two things. First of all, our Mishnah disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda regarding a regular oval concerning Kriya. For the Tana of our Mishnah, as Rabbi Yochanan explains, says that an ordinary oval does not need to do Kriya on the border. That was Rabbi Yochanan's sheet in the Mishnah. Therefore, since he doesn't have to do Kriya on the border, he can do it below the border. Therefore, the Kohen Gadol cannot make Kriya there because the Kohen Gadol cannot do Kriya, what is called Kriya by a regular mourner. And that's why Rabbi Yechen said, according to the town of our Mishnah, that he should only do it lamata mamish, at the bottom of the garment. So that's the first way that Rabbi Yechen's Pshat in the Mishnah disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda. The second way is that the town of our Mishnah, as Rabbi Yechen has explained before, he is, disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda concerning a Kohen Gadol. Because our mission says that the Kohen Gadol, Lamata, from the bottom, could make Kriya. And Rabbi Yehuda says, no, a Kohen Gadol is forbidden to perform, to perform any type of Kriya whatsoever. So that's what our Gemara now says. Rabbi Yechon, Paul, Rabbi Yudin, Betarti. What about Rabbi Lozder's Pshat in the Mishnah? Continues the Gemara, Va'asiya the Rabbi Lozer, B'Shem Kahana, Kerab Yehuda. However, the way Rabbi Lozer interpreted the Mishnah in the name of Kahana, that was like Rabbi Yehuda. Why is that? Because Rabbi Lozer explained the Mishnah that the Mishnah holds that a regular Kayan also has to do Kriya from the border. So that is in accordance with Rabbi Yehuda because he says that an ordinary oval, not a coin gadol, must tear the border. So under the border, if he makes a hole there and rips it down, that is not considered a valid kriya for a regular oval. And therefore, a coin gadol could make kriya there. It's not lamata mamish, like Rabbi Eichelin said, but rather it's lamata from the seam from the border. So Mimela, it comes out that the way Rabbi Lozer interpreted our Mishnah, that's what Rabbi Yehuda holds. Rabbi Yehuda holds you must make a Kriya through the border, which is surrounding the neck, and underneath it is not a good Kriya, and therefore the Kohen Gadol can make Kriya over there. Ask the Gemara of Rabbi Yehuda, if you're going to say that our mission, the town of our mission holds like Rabbi Yehuda, lo from Kalikar. So a Kohen Gadol should not be permitted to do Kriya at all. 
For what is Rabbi Yehuda Shita that a Kohen Gol is forbidden to perform any type of Kriya whatsoever? And in the mission it says he could make Kriya according to Rabbi Lazar's interpretation. He can make it under the border. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, he shouldn't be allowed to make any kind of Kriya. So the Gemara says that Enechanami, you have to say the town of our Mishnah is going according to Rabbi Meir. We have to say our Mishnah is like Rab Meir, and it refers to a case of someone who is doing Kriya following the death of his father and mother. In that case, Rab Meir agrees that a Oval has to tear through the border. The Tani for Abraisa taught us how Kola Mesim Ain Mavdil. One does not separate the border of the neck opening when he does Kriya for his garment for any deceased relative. The only exception is when one is doing Kriya for one's father or one's mother. There you have to separate the border. Rabbi Yudin says, no, call crush, any Kriya that does not separate the upper border, whether it's performed for a parent or another relative, this is only a Kriya which is legally insignificant. So even according to Rabelaiser's interpretation of our Mishnah, the town of our Mishnah is like Rameir, for the Mishnah you're speaking about, someone who's mourning over the loss of a parent. So therefore, an ordinary Koyin tears through the border, and a Koyin Gadol tears below the border, because we're speaking about Avain. We're not speaking about over any other relative. So our Mishnah goes like Rameir, that you could make a Kriya, and where do you have to make the Kriya for an Avain on the top border? Therefore, underneath it is not a good Kriya, and therefore the Kohen Gadol can make his Kriya there for his father and mother. Therefore, an ordinary Kohen tears through the border, and a Kohen Gadol tears below the border. So Rabbi Lezer permits a Kohen Gadol who's in, in mourning, who's in oval over the loss of a parent, to tear below the border, because for a parent even though it's good for other relatives, but it's not the way you do Kriya for a parent. Rabbi Yoichanan disagrees with Rabbi Lazar on this point, holds that a Kohen Gadol may never tear the upper portion of his garment below the border, even when he's tearing for a parent, because according to Rabbi Meir, such a Kriya is normal for mourners of other relatives, and therefore... The Kohen Gadol can't do it there. He has to do it all the way at the bottom. And now the Gemara asks a question that is really a question both on Rabbi Yochanan and on Rabbi Lazar. The rule that comes out from the Gemara is that wherever it's not kosher to make a Kriya for a father or mother or a relative, that is the place where the Kohen Gadol could make Kriya. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, we focus on other relatives. 
And since other relatives can make a Kriya under the border on top, therefore a Kohen Gadol cannot make a Kriya there. And therefore you can only do it Lamata all the way at the bottom. According to Rabloser, we're focusing on a father or mother. A father and mother have to make it on the top at the border. If they do it under the border, you're not Yotza Kriya for father and mother. And therefore, it's considered, according to Rablozer, a place where a Kohen Gadol could make Kriya. Because a regular mourner for father and mother cannot make Kriya there. So it's not called Ubi God of Leifron. He's not making a Kriya. It's not a kosher Kriya for anybody else. The Gamora's question now is, according to both opinions, my Kedoin, what now? In other words, <clears throat> what is the Kohen Gadol gaining by making a a Kriya all the way at the bottom of the Begad, according to Rabbi Yechlin, or under the border, according to Rabbi Lazar. What's he accomplishing? If it's not a Kriya, so what are you doing it for? The Gemara answers, and now we're Gairus, not Shehei, but She'ein Mavdil Kenei Safa. When the Kohen Gadol does not, when the Kohen Gadol does not make a Kriya, through the top border. So, Enechanami, he's not Yotze Kriya, but he's doing it as a, this is a Chumra for a Kohen Gadol to make a token tear. Enechanami, he doesn't fulfill the halachas of Kriya, but he's doing something as a token that his relative passed away. That's how the Gemara answers this question, and it'll be an answer for both Shittas of Rebbechen and Rebbe If we focus on a regular relative who will make it under the, the border, and it's kosher for a regular relative, then, then the Kringal makes his token Kriya at the bottom of the Begit, Lamata Mamish. And if we're focusing on the father and mother, according to Blazer, and under the border, the Kriya is not valid, then the Kringal makes his token tear in that area under the border. We now turn to the Fyud Gimel Ahmed Beis. And we learned in the Mishnah that a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to go directly behind the mace. And we learned it from the Pasuk, and from that Pasuk, there's another halacha that we learn out, that a Kohen Gadol should not be interrupted when he's doing the avoda, even in a state of Aninus. Aninus is the period of time from when the mace passed away, until he is buried. So during that time, an oinen, menamigdish layetze, we learn out that the kohen gadol who is an oinen should not be interrupted in his avoda. We're now going to have three shittas, and the Gemara will soon explain each of the three shittas. So we'll first now just learn the words, and later on, the Gemara will explain what these words mean. So the first sheet is, but he doesn't eat. We learned that a 
person does not eat Meiser Shani in a state of aninus, and Korbanis have a greater condition than Meiser Shani. So from there we learn out that the Kohen Gadol doesn't eat, although, say, that he is Makrav Oynen, Divra Meir, Rebihuda Oymer, Koloi Seyyayim. Rebihuda says that he does the avoided the whole day. Reb Shimon Oymer, Reb Shimon says, Goymer Kol Avoide Whatever he is in the middle of doing and he finds out that he's an Oynen, that is something that he continues to do. And then, Uvoloi, and then he goes to his house and uh, for the rest of the day. So now the Gemara says a statement which we'll only understand as we move along in the Gemara. Bain Reb Meir, the Reb Shimon, and here the Gisra should be Bain Reb Meir, the Reb Chada. There's one area of a machloikis between Reb Meir Shita of Koengo Makravayin and Velayoichol and Reb Yehuda Shita of Kolayseyayim. And Bain Reb Yehuda, Reb Shimon Chada. And between Reb Yudu said and Reb Shimon who said there is chada. There's also one area of disagreement. And now the Gemara is going to explain what it just said in a very cryptic manner. It will give explanation in the next piece of Gemara. Continues the Gemara to explain the machloikis. Bain Reb Reb Yehuda Hachnasa. The Machloikis Ramein Rabbi Yehuda will be if he's outside the base of Migdash, does he go back in? As Rabbi Yaakov ben Desoy now explains. Rabbi Yaakov ben Desoy, Mafsik ben Neim, Rabbi Yaakov ben Desoy clearly makes a difference between the sheet of Rabbi Meir and the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, Hoya bifnim, and here there are various Gersois in the Meforshim. Rab Meir Oimer Hoya Bifnim Loi Hoya Yoitse, that if he was inside the base of Meir, he does not go out. And what does he do? He's Makrivoinen. Just like Arna Koyen, when he was in a state of Aninus, was Makriv, although he didn't eat. The Kohanim had Yoitim of Aaron, his children, they couldn't eat and they couldn't be Makriv. But the Koyen Godel is Makriv as an Oinen. If he's inside the base of Megdash, he doesn't go out, and he's Makrevoinen. But if he went outside, then he can't get back in. That's a sheet of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Rabbi Yehuda says, If he was inside, he wouldn't go out. So in that respect, he holds the same as Rabbi Meir. Here's the point of but if he was outside, he could go in. It's interesting to note the Korban around five lines from the short lines in the left-hand column, there's a mitzvah for him to come to the base of if he's outside, there's a mitzvah to bring him inside at the sheet of Rabbi Yudah. What does he do in the base of Meir? What's the purpose of him doing avoided the whole day? Says the Korbanai, in order for him to minimize his tsar. He keeps active a whole day doing avoided in the base of Meir. This takes away his tsar. 
The whole day he should be in Akrava, and even if he left the base of Migdash, he is allowed to return, according to the Sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. So we already have a machlokis between Rabbi and Rabbi Yehuda. If he's outside, can he come back in? Now we have the machlokis between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, he finishes the avoda that he's in the middle of, and then he goes home. So Rabbi Yehuda is mechulik with Rabbi Meir. If he's outside, can he come back in? Rabbi Yehuda is mechulik with Rabbi Shimon. Can he do the avoda the whole day, which is the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda? And the sheet of Rabbi Shimon is no, that he can only finish what he is doing, what he's in the middle of, and then he has to go home. Rabbi Yossi Barabun, B'Shem Rav Huna, says, Masnisa Abraisa, instead of the Rishlokish, Urgoris, Misayel Rab Shimon. Abraisa is a proof to Rab Shimon, and in this Braisa we'll see that Rab Meir changed his Psak, and he agreed to Rab Shimon. Why? Because they darshan a pasuk. as we had in our Mishnah, He doesn't go out with the um with the Oren. but he goes after them. In what way? They enter into a street. So he comes out when they are around the corner in another street, and he does not see them, and they do not see him. Then he reveals himself in the first street. And he can do this the whole through the whole city. Now, Rav Meir was the one who said, that he's in the base of Migdash a whole day, he's Makrovainen. And here we see that he goes out to follow the Oren in this special way of not seeing the um going with the Oren, and they do not see him. But uh, we see that he agrees that he leaves. So what he's in the middle of doing, he finishes, and then he leaves and follows the Oren in this special way. Rabbi Yaisi, I mean, Rabbi Yaisi says, Migdish. He doesn't leave the base of Migdish. He disagrees that he leaves and he and he uh, goes through the city in this manner. And Rabbi Meir, who says that he does it, only says it at Pesach because once you get out the city, then you're in the open space. They will see the Karengal and the Karengal will see them. But Rabbi Yaisi says he doesn't leave the base of Migdish at all. Shinemar, because the Pasuk says, What happens if Yotza, if he did go out, which he wasn't supposed to, then, as we had it in the sheet before of Meir, to come back, he would not anymore come back. So Rabbi Yossi is Mechulik with Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that he could come back when he's in Oynan to do Avoida. And we encourage him to do it because this way he will not be thinking about his tsar a whole day. However, Rabbi Yaisi disagrees. Rabbi Yaisi says once he leaves the base of Migdash, he can no longer return. Continues the Gemara in the Indian of Anino, Srabavu, Bishem Rablazer, Rabavu, said in the name of Rablazer, Ain Anino, Elo, Mesbal Vat. 
the term aninus is only used when someone lost a relative. Because the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, concerning the destruction and murder of the inhabitants of the city, that the doors of the city will have aninus and avelis over the inhabitants who have been killed. So we see that the term of aninus refers to Misa. Challenged this statement of Rabbi in the name of Rabbi We find another pasuk, the that the fishermen will be in a state of aninus. This pasuk reflects the financial collapse of Mitzrayim, where fishermen will put their hooks into the Nile River, and there will be no fish, and their financial status will collapse. So we see Aninus is used concerning a financial loss, Hefzid Mamun. Amar Rabbi Haninus, Rabbi Haninus said, Keni Masnison, Masnito. This is the Pshat in the Brisa, She'ein Aninus Tumma that there is no aninus concerning tuma, which makes the person usher to eat kachim, only when it's aninus over a mace, and not when it's aninus over, for example, financial loss, as the Korban Aida tells us in the second wide line, ain aninus she'usher lechol kikachim bikachim kitame. There is no aninus concerning the Easter of an own and eating kachim. But if he is upset about another matter, for example, financial loss, so it's mutter such an aninus, and even that we should say, if I let him eat kachim when he's in Onani's mitzvah over the financial loss, he'll come to eat kachim when he's an onan over a mace. We don't say that, and therefore, the Indian tuma of of an onan that he should not be able to eat kachim. That's only concerning a mace bovad. Continues the Gemara, and the Gemara now will bring a machlokes between Rebbe and the Rabbanan exactly when Aninus Risa takes place. Tani, we learned in Arisa, Ezu hi Anina, what is Menatara, the din of Aninus, from when to when? So Rebbe Shita is, Mishas Misa Chaskur, Divir Rebbe, from the time that the relative dies until the Kura. Exactly what Rebbe Shita is, the Gemara will explain as we go along. The Chacham disagree with the Rabbi, and they say, It's not totally when he's buried, but it's dependent on the day of the, the Misa. Let us see the Korban Ha'eda. This is four lines from where it gets wide in the left-hand column. 
כל עושה יום, אם מסוי אחד משבע, if one of the seven מסים die, שחייב לסבלם that he is מחויב to be מסבל on those מסים, so כל יום המסה, According to the Chacham, the whole day of death, Ben Nikfer, Hamais, Ben Loi Nikfer, whether the Mace is buried or he's not buried, Hareza, Oin, and Deraisa. He is an Oin, and Torah, according to the Chacham, who, Miyoim, Hamis, but after the day of death, Kozman, Shaloi, Nikfer, Oin, and Rabbanan. So the first Rabbanan that we have, according to the Chacham, is after the Yoim Hamisa, until he's buried, he's an Oin, and Rabbanan. Second, Halacha, which is only mid Rabbanim, the Yoim Hakvura. Let's say he's buried a few days after the Yoim Misa. That day of the Kvura, he's again Oinin Rabbanim Kolo Yisrael Yoim Afil Lachra Kvura. Even just like by the Din on the first day, that even after the Kvura he remains an Oinin Deraisa the whole day. So too by the Yoim Hakvura, after a few days, not on the Yoim Misa, after the Kvura a whole day. He is an Oynan Midrabana. Umisha Nikfer Hames, the Yom Rishon Shalmisa. The first day, if he's buried on the first day after the, the, the relative has died, so call Halayla Shalachor of the whole night after the first day where he is an Oynan Midraisa, the Allah is Oynan Midrabana that whole night. He's an Einan de Rabbanan. So this is clear what the Shita of the Rabbanan is. Rabbi Shita, as we'll see, is not so clear. Continues Gemara, Ashka Chatmar. If you search and delve into this Machloik between Rabbi and the Rabbanan, you could say the following. Kulas the Chumras Aldaita de Rabbi. Rabbi Shita has leniency and it has stringencies. And Kulas the Chumras Aldaita Rabbanan. According to the Rabbanan, there are also leniencies and stringencies. My nafke me nai what is the difference, like the Bavli says, Mainaf Gemena? What is the difference in halacha between Rebbe and the Rabbanan? So the Gemara offers two cases where we'll see the Chilik. One case is a Kula for Rebbe and a Chumra the Rabbanan, and one case is a Chumra for Rebbe and a Kula the Rabbanan. So we first begin with the Chumra of the Rabbanan and the Kula of Rebbe. Meis v'nikbir if he died, and he was buried immediately on that same day after the Misa. That's probably Shaitoi right away. So according to Rabbanan, he remains an Oinin the whole first day. It's not dependent on the Kfur, as Rabbi says, but rather it's dependent on the Yoim Hamisa. So even after he's, the deceased is buried, the surviving relative is us through the whole day. So that's according to Rabban and Achumra. <clears throat> I'll die to the Rabbi, according to Rabbi, where it's totally, it's dependent on Kfura. He's only forbidden to eat Kachim. He only has a din of Oin and Deraisa. When, he, he, up till the time that there is Kfura. After that, on the first day, He's not an Oynim Midaraisa. And Midaraisa is allowed to eat Kachim. 
So this case is a chumra for the rabbon and a kula for rabbi. Now we go to the case where it's a chumra for rabbi and a kula for the rabbon. What happens if meis for nikril acher If he died and he was buried after three days, and lechayra three days here is just a marshal. It could be two days, it could be four days, it could be five days. It means it was an extended time after the Yom Misa. So died the Rabbana according to Rabbana and Asr Kal Yom. He's only Asr Midaraisa the first day of Yom Misa. After that, as we saw in the Korban Eida, it's only Aninus to Rabbana until the Kvura. Al the Rebbe, but according to Rebbe, where it's talking the Kvura, and this deceased relative has not yet been buried, so Asr Yom, and then he's Asr until the Kvura. Even it's extended to three days or four days or five days. Whenever the kur takes place, all those days, the surviving relative remains an onen da'araisa. Continues the Gemara, Asr came in the name of Rabbi Yechelen. And also Rabbi Chizda, Tarvayun, Morin, both of these Amaroim say they they disagree with what the Gemara said before. They agree as far as the Kula of Rebbe that after the Kura on the first day the Aninus is only mid Rabbanit. They disagree with the Chumrah of Rebbe if the burial was delayed that we said before that here Rebbe would be Machmer because it's all totally in the Kura. And if he got buried after three days, he would be an Oinen for all those three days by a delayed burial. Say They both said, Rav Yoichanan and Rav Chizda, Moide Rebbe L'Chachamim, Shein Osir Elo Oisei Yermavad. No, I'll prove to you that Rebbe is Moide to L'Chachamim that after the first day, the Aninus is only mid It's not mid if the burial was not done in time. Why? Like this, which we learned in the Brisa. Rebbe, I'm a Rebbe, says, Tadalach, you should know, She'ain Aninus Lila Torah. The Aninus, after the first day of Aninus, that night, it's not mid It's only mid Why? Share Amru, the Chachamim, the Chazal said, Oinen Toivel Vo'eichel Pischoil Erev. An Oinen who had a deceased relative on Erev Pesach. That Oinen can be Toivel and eat the Pesach at night. Says the Korban Eida, two lines from the bottom, left hand column. The E Salkadat of the Raisa, if you're going to say the Aninus of the first night is the Raisa, Vichyesh. Is there power in the hands of the Chachamim to uproot, to be okers, a din minatora bekumvase, as opposed to sheva altase, not doing anything? That the Chachamim are able to do. For example, they made a takana not to blow shoifer on when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos because of the Gezeira that the person uh, may carry into the street. So that they could do because their takon is shevialta, so don't blow. But here, what are the Chachamim saying? The Chachamim are saying that 
that even though it's the Raisa, he should be Taiva, but the Chacham don't have a power to be Eichel at the end of the Torah, become Vasei to do something. Elamai, the Aninus of Lila, after the first day, is on the Rabbanon. But what can we deduce from that? That the rest of the day, the first day, is the Raisa. As we turn to the Raphiyad Dalaramadal, Varei Omru Aninus Taira. So what are we saying? That only at night it's the Rabbanon. But during the daytime, it's the Raisa. So if the whole day is the Raisa, and Rebbe is, is speaking, and Rebbe says it's the Raisa, it must be that he wasn't buried on the first day. Because if he was buried, we said that everybody agrees Rebbe has a kula, that after the Kfur on the first day, he's not a night in the Raisa. And here Rebbe is saying that only at night it's the Rabbanon. So we can deduce that the whole day it's the Raisa. So how could that be? It must be that it's a delayed Aninus. It's delayed that he didn't have the Kfur on the first day. The burial is delayed. And yet Rebbe says that the Aninus of the first night is only the Rabbanan. Rebbe should have said if the Kfur doesn't take place, then that Aninus is the Raisa. So here we see that the Rebbe does not have a Chumrah, like the Gemara said before. That's what Rabbi Yochum and Rabbi Chizda are saying. We disagree that Rebbe, as far as the Chumrah after the first day, as the Gemara says, if he was buried after three days, there is no Chumrah of Rebbe that he still remains in Ayn Deraisa. Rebbe only has a Kul on the first day if he's buried in the middle of the day. The rest of the day is only an Enos Rabbanan. But as far as the Chumrah, if he's buried after three days, that he should be an Ayna Midaraisa, we see that it's only Midarabbanan. But the Gemara slugs this up. The Gemara disagrees. Rabbi Yasebun says no. Tifter interpret Rebbe in this what Rebbe says, Tedaloch that Aninus at night is only the Rabbanan, Tifter interpreted, that the deceased was buried in the redness of the sun, meaning right before the sun sets. So now we can say that it was a burial that was on time. The reason that it's Minatari the whole day is because he was buried right before uh, the, the sun set. So that's why Rabbi said the whole day it's the Raisa, and it's only the Rabbonin on the first night. Is it a case of a delayed burial? No. The burial was done on the first day, but until the burial took place, he was an item of the Raisa. So we have no proof from this Raisa, where Rabbi spoke about the Korban Pesach, we have no proof what would be the din on a delayed burial. Perhaps there... Rebbe would hold a Chumrah that he remains in Oynim and Deraisa until after the Kfura. In the next year, we will begin the Mishnah Halacha Beis of this Perik.